guys, it's Anzi again, and Ben. And Ben. Hey Ben. Hey, how are you doing, Anzi? Not too bad. You're in my living room again. I am. We are trying this out. We are trying to make things much better. Episode fifteen, I Episode believe. Episode fifteen. Wow. Anyway, did you get any feedback? No, because we published the episode yesterday. Oh boy! So I guess it's no longer going to be a week by week feedback, but rather two week delay. Yeah, I think so. That's okay. That's not a problem. Did you get any feedback from the two weeks ago? No. <laughs> oh, maybe we just don't get any feedback anymore. People have maybe toned maybe it down. Listening. Yeah, maybe if they've stopped listening. Please let us know. Maybe they have stopped listening. Maybe they just know not to send us feedback because we might go on and on and on for 15 minutes of the episode talking about feedback. Yeah, maybe. I think they can just press skip. I did have a think about um, what we talked about, though, the power of words. And I got, I came across this, uh, this other podcast which talked about cancel culture. Have you heard of cancel culture? Uh, I'm not familiar with that. That's what Tim Cook said when they asked him uh, in in the Congress hearing. That's cancel boring, culture. Boring story. Yeah, they it's such him, a common. They asked him if Apple supported cancel culture, and he was like, "I don't know what that is." Oh, really? Yeah. Is he that behind? I guess he's just not. Yeah, he doesn't need to spend his time on social media. He's a, a billionaire. It's not a social media thing. It's just the world right now. I think it's just social media. Is it? He, yeah, because in the real world. You know, What's cancel culture for those that don't know? Then uh, it's where K-pop fans um, <laughs> decide that they don't like a particular celebrity. For it's not just K-pop fans; it's, it's everyone. Large, largely K-pop fans. It's everyone. Yeah, for either valid or not valid reasons. Basically, jumping to attack people without really doing your research and then posting memes of K-pop dancing. <laughs> That's my experience of cancel culture. Not just that. Did you did you see the video of um, what's his name, John Chris? John Christ. God, yeah, John Chris. That's it, John Christ. And he just came came out from the woodworks because he's been laying low, and uh, he goes around in the supermarket and starts like holding these packets of things, and it's like, oh look, this one has a polar bear. Why is it not a brown bear or a black bear? Cancel that. And he goes around and starts cancelling all these products oh why is there an why is there a white man on this quaker oat packaging cancel that it's cancelled like so he literally goes around the whole of the supermarket cancelling things and i think that got me thinking about what we were talking about last episode how actually we didn't even talk about um being politically correct and changing and adjusting our language in order to be okay mm. I I feel well, we like did, we did a bit. I think did we? We talked about how people are super sensitive. Yeah, you do contextualize your language to fit with the you know the right audience, but generally, a lot of the people are super sensitive nowadays that we have to be careful with what we say because you need to be politically correct. Yeah, I feel like it's more than that. I feel like a lot of the the time when people are doing that like speaking out against this kind of thing yeah sometimes it's valid sometimes i feel like it's like the you know like the social justice warriors who are who are speaking out and 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 really the the people that that are potentially affected by it 
and don't don't care that much sometimes i think but i think it's just being sensitive to other people's yeah i mean so there's this um this youtube channel that i watch and the presenter has started saying they instead of he or she oh for absolutely yeah, everybody they that, do that. that is responding sorry they yeah they i don't know what gender they are so that's why i say they Right, but he'll re- he'll be like, and David submitted this, and they, and it just feels really forced, you know. All oh, um, right, they're still getting used to it. No, but I'm, yeah, that's what I'm trying I mean, to be. What you call it? Non-binary. Super, he's obviously hypersensitive to um, to not offending anybody, but really, I think we can, you know, like we can make a we can. I, I feel like it's okay to make those assumptions most of the time, without going into a whole episode on gender issues but in terms of just being politically correct otherwise you will be you know people might cancel you people won't cancel me because i only have like 30 listeners on this podcast that's true that, that's, that's true. my entire public persona so true 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 you true. know I don't, I don't really mind if people unsubscribe from my youtube channel or but it got it just got me thinking how like at what point is it when we talk about truth people will get offended. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because truth, you either live by the truth or you don't. And when you don't, you get offended by the truth because it highlights something in you that you think is ugly and you're trying to hide. Interesting. Anzi, did you see this week on Twitter, people were arguing that two plus two equals five? No. Like they were saying, no, but it can sometimes if you take what? why if you take uh, two or like if you take one chicken and one rooster and you put them together, that equals three three animals because then they'll have they'll lay an egg and like it's like no, but that's not the like that's not how that what? statement works. That's that's so bizarre. It's crazy, right? It's like actually arguing against the truth. It's not even like like. Um, like postmodern anymore. It's just like arguing no, for gonna, the sake of yeah, arguing. We're going to redefine truth, like to to oh, make it fit yo. our narrative entirely. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so we digress. <laughs> hey, so what we're we talking about this week? So this week we are talking about something called. Just actions, service, doing things with our hands, doing things, things that this, I got a bit stuck actually, Ben, thinking, brainstorming, trying to think about what I could say in this episode, which might be different than our previous episode of active or passive. Uh Because... In that episode, we did talk about taking social justice and being active and living out our faith. But this is where I'm like, hmm, what's the difference between this episode and that episode? What do you think, Ben? I don't know. You said you were brainstorming. What did you get to? Well, I just want to hear what you think. Do you mean that you didn't have an answer and you just want me to? No, I kind of semi do have an answer, but I still want to pick your brains first. Well... If you want to talk about how our actions affect other people or how we respond to other people's actions, I think that's a good place to start. In terms of our day-to-day actions? Yeah. With the people we interact with? 
Like our families and friends. Yeah, yeah. And not just like our actions in themselves. I woke up, I, I cleaned my teeth. That's boring. Okay. Do you, th- do you think you're a doer? In, explain more. Do you do things? D- what kind of things? <laughs> like, yeah, but that, those things might be really boring. I mean, like, do you do things around the house? Do you fix things? Do you do chores? Do you... Okay. Do you do things? <laughs> I like how you said the question again, like, do you do things? It's obvious what I mean. Yeah. It's obvious now you've explained it, but... Because ob- obviously do I do I things. Do things. In my head, I'm like, I definitely do things. The moment I wake up, I'm doing something. We're all doing something the moment we wake up. Apart from breathing, obviously, that's yeah, a that's given. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, it, like, it seems unclear what, what you're actually... I mean, like, getting things done, helping... to-do list. You have a We've to-do list. about that, yeah. Yeah, we talked about it. I feel like we keep repeating our things. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have a to-do list, but are you more task-oriented then, would you say? Than what? People-oriented. And again, this is very vague. Oh, yeah. In terms of getting work done, I'm definitely more task-oriented. But that's not the same as but doing if, things around the house. But if your wife was having a mini meltdown, would you be like, hold on, Mandy, hold those tears because I need to get this deadline in? No, but if she was having a meltdown, I might be like, hey, tell me what the problem is and I will fix it for you. <laughs> also very task-oriented. something to fix it. Yeah. Such a guy yeah. thing. Yeah. Maybe she just wants to get things off her chest. If you're asking me about my priorities, of course, if my wife is upset, I'm going to devote some attention to her. Good. That's good to hear. I don't think that, that makes me a doer or a person-person or whatever. So. Because there are people that are more people-oriented and tasks, and they're, you know, task-oriented people. Yeah, that's true, but I think that's in terms of work, right? Because um, in my in my experience from back then, when we used to be in church, you could kind of see who were the doers and who were the people. People, you know, it was like, oh, this person is busy serving tea, putting out the biscuits. Oh, so we're talking about like a Mary and Martha thing. Yeah. Sorry, I should have just um, cut yeah, straight that, in with that it. That would have been a great opening Start, question. Sorry, sorry. Are you a Mary or Martha then? Let's, let's, let's just break it down to that. And for those that don't know the story, what's Mary and Martha? Such a Christian label. Good thing we're a Christian podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to look it up because I always get them confused. Oh! <gasps> What? I know this story at the back of my hand. This I know was, the story. Did you know this I was the first... M names. Did you know that this was the first uh, sermon that I preached on in my life? Wow. And what was the conclusion? Servant heart. So basically, Martha was the one that was busy stressing over what to cook and how to cook and, you know, sorting out the house, ready for Jesus. Jesus is there. Jesus talking to Mary. Mary sat at his feet and listening calmly. And then Martha snaps and says, Jesus, please tell Mary to help me out. And then Jesus says to Martha, 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 calm down. Mary has chosen 
the better option. Ouch! Yeah. But, um, but so my conclusion of that sermon, and I still refer back to it from time to time, is that we need to have Mary's heart in coming before Jesus and listening to him, but yet having Martha's hands in doing things. Um, because, yeah, in some ways we do have to be doing things. But when you are doing things, you can also do that as an act of worship. That's my opinion. That's that's where I stand when it comes to doing things. That's why I'm a, I'm a serious doer. Right. Are we talking about in terms of, like, mission now? I'm talking about everything. I'm not talking about, like, the big mission work of God. I'm talking about, like, from your menial tasks to your big tasks. Like you serving and, and, and doing worship or offering... Um, your hospitality in a church type setting or it can just be you know getting things done around the house right but I think I think um, getting things done around the house if it's just a task for yourself I don't see how that's it's beneficial though yeah, it is, but I don't see how because that's there's no interpersonal aspect depending on on what you're what you're not you you know like there's things on my to do list that are just for my own benefit like read this book uh, right I don't think I can be isn't like that, oh, isn't sorry that good, kids then? I'm not going to hang out with you because I want to read this book and you know I need to be um, I need to be doing things as well as being with you uh, whereas if you if you relate it to a particular like if you're just talking about interpersonal relationships it it makes a bit more sense to apply it that way then you know like are you actually spending time like being with me or are you just doing an activity with me so i think guys are um or certainly for me it's sometimes easier to do stuff with your guy friends than it is to just like be with your guy friends and sit there and talk you know? Yeah. About your feelings. Exactly. We would rather like <laughs> play video games or like do something where you're there's an element of a shared experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to a bonding talking experience. You bond over an activity. Yeah. 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 I guess. But maybe that's that's where I'd maybe right, rather than just saying every action in the world has a um uh, uh, like a two-sided thing you can either be doing it or you can be like but not all guys you know. are like that though some guys like to engage in really deep meaningful conversations that... i think we all do i think i think we just struggle to get there sometimes or to even know acknowledge our own need for doing that so i think i think doing stuff um to bond is a, is a good way to do that because you can have those conversations come up a bit more naturally. Whereas it's a bit scary if you're just like face to face with another guy and you're like, oh, I've got to open up my heart. I've got to, I've got to be vulnerable. Because in my opinion, I, I see that it's heavy in the Chinese culture to be doing something in order to express your love, your service to someone, because it's like, here, I've put in so much effort just to demonstrate my love for you. And it, it's so ingrained in the Chinese culture 
Not to say that it's not there in a Western culture, but... I don't think it is. What? That is it so ingrained in the Chinese culture? No, I think it is. It is a. It is a an element of Chinese culture. I don't think it's a, a very Western thing. Like it's not an. It's not a particular trait of of being Western, you know. Because to me, it's you're getting things done. You, it's it's a, it's almost achievement based. Right. I think there's two sides to like. You can definitely be. Doing like you like you read the story of Mary and Martha and and was Martha was Martha doing it because she wanted Jesus to not be hungry and she wanted to she wanted to she was showing respect to him or was she doing it because there was like some kind of social obligation that like whenever there's a guest in my house I must do all these things. It's the gift of hospitality, though, isn't it? Well, well it's she was being not, hospitable. It wasn't a very good gift because Jesus said that Mary chose better, <laughs> right? So I wonder if Martha was like sort of too concerned with the the way that things are done rather than, Perhaps. you know, actually you're like, oh, there's a guest in my house. So I must I must make sure that I get out the best the best um, plates and and serve like the best food. And, you know, um, that's a great thing to do if if you have if your intentions are really there to to honor the person but there's also a an element of like that's the social convention so it must be done you know yeah and that's how maybe she was trained but here's a question for you ben have you ever been to someone's house and they weren't that hospitable to you and they weren't that hospitable to you yeah like they didn't offer you a drink they didn't make you feel welcomed so this is this is interesting i think i'm pretty bad at, at acknowledging and doing stuff for other people intentionally what do you mean so i i'm sure i have been to someone's house and they've been a bad host but it doesn't really i feel like it it hasn't really meant much or stuck with me um if i've been to someone's house and they've been a bad host really sometimes occasionally you'll think like oh i really wish i had a drink and yeah when i was younger i wish i had a drink but like is it rude to ask for one when i haven't been offered that's that's maybe as far as it goes, but it wouldn't go into a, like me then thinking this person's a bad host. Why are they being so disrespectful or, or unthinking about my feelings? But conversely, I think I can also, because that means so little to me when other people do it, I don't think I'm very good at showing that to other people either. Oh, because from what I understand is that your wife is really good at it so that you don't really need to be a host yeah yeah well i i don't think it's so that i don't really need to i think i think before we were married it would have been the same you think and that's probably because my mum was really good at it actually oh so all your life you've had people around you that are really good hosts yeah therefore you've not had to learn it i think that's it yeah what so is it a learned thing then it's not an internal thing of course it's a land thing. It's a cultural thing, isn't it? I guess What it so. means to be a good host in one society is different to another society. That's true. That's true. Because in the Chinese culture, if you weren't offered a drink, man alive, I wouldn't be going back there. <laughs> you know? That's really interesting, though. Why? Because, like, I understand it. I think it's interesting that you're so 
that it's internalized with you so much that like somebody being a bad host is automatically like i've written them off yeah because then there might be lots of reasons for them not offering you a drink like they might just be ignorant like i am yeah possibly like and then i would just go ahead and hint because that's just part of who i am oh ben i'm really thirsty oh sorry do you want a drink yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) or i'd just help myself yeah yeah because i know where things are around your house yeah, because in my head, even at a restaurant, we have an expectation as to what they should be doing. Yeah. Right? At, when you go into a new church, you have an expectation as to what they should be doing as well, which is, which is welcoming you. And you notice it when they're not welcoming you and everyone's cold and everybody is like sticking with their own little club, their groups and cliques. And like they won't acknowledge you as a new person. You notice these things when... It's not there. You notice these things. Do you not notice it? I would notice it. Sometimes I don't. What? When you go into a new church? Well, when I go into a new church, I'm obviously being super critical anyway because I work (laughs) in the church. (laughs) Like taking notes. Oh, we should do this. We shouldn't do that. Um, And I think I notice it when it is done. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the big reasons for us being attracted to BCC actually, mm. because the first time we visited, um, people were just really friendly and, and hospitable. Mm. Um, it, it makes a huge difference. But I am not one who is, um, who is thinking about it the opposite. Like, I don't have expectations for that, I think. So does it mean a lot to you when people do stuff for you or is it just an expectation and it means a lot when they don't i think that i don't expect thing i don't really have any expectations except for people. that you will be offered a drink well if i'm stepping into the house i guess it's part of the that expectation but well it depends how they've invited you in right did they invite you in with the incentive of do you want to come around for dinner then you should expect to be sustenance yeah yeah to have some food and drink but if you've been invited around for just games then i don't expect that it depends also what time they're inviting you in right so like if it's around lunchtime then you would assume there would be food and if you want to be sure you just you just ask is there food (laughs) Or shall I bring some? Actually, what I tend to do is, yeah, um, can I bring stuff? And, and that's their opportunity to say, yeah, can you bring, like, some drinks? And then, and then we'd just be discussing the plans, you know? But generally, if it's not around lunchtime, if it's, like, mid-afternoon, you can assume there's no food involved. Right? So I guess it depends on how they're inviting you in, um, what the, yeah. I just think deeply about these things <laughs> is that bad i don't know i guess it's just being aware so it's like observing the social cues for that gathering do you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like oh you want to come for a picnic you automatically know there'll be food do you have to bring your own food or are we sharing or what's the deal like is someone treating you um it's all about the context of that conversation and where like 
that's why communication is important. You know, you shouldn't assume that, um, you know, when I'm spending time with that person, they're going to feed me and they're going to like, yeah, wine and dine me unless it's been specified. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I would come in with expectations if it's just a general hangout session. What about just like in general for your friends? Do you do you like to do stuff for them? And do you expect them to... Oh. Or do, do you like it when someone does something for you? Or is it just like an expectation that it they will? It depends. Okay, this sounds really bad. It depends who's doing it. Because different people do things well. Okay. So um, at the start of this, before we started recording, <laughs> I, I sensed that Ben was uh, trying to seek uh, gratitude for his hard work of uh, editing the podcast. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> so basically, I, I know that you, Ben, you're really good at certain tech stuff, okay? So I'll give you that. But then when it comes to food, I would want my other foodie friends to cook for me as opposed to have you cook for me. Yeah, you said that before. And I think that's... What? It's not nice. I'll give, yeah, I'll no, give your food a go. I think, it, I think it's in, yeah. I, I think I've given your food a go once. I think you cooked a buttermilk chicken thing. What was that, Mandy? I don't know. It was Indian. I don't know. Yeah, it was a creamy chicken thing. And there was naan bread. I think you heated up the naan. Hard worker. <laughs> I can cook food. Then... You can follow instructions. You you do. You follow instructions well. Yeah. Um, but as for, like, hey, I would... I like the use of the crap sandwich there. <laughs> that was from last week's episode. Um, but in terms of, like, I know who to go to when they are an expert in certain things. So if... So you're saying if I cooked you some food and brought it around to you, you would not appreciate that? Oh, I'll appreciate it because it's free food, right? <laughs> right. But would you eat it? Depends what it is. I think because I'm, I'm at the age where, is this worth my calorie intake? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, is this worth me wasting my taste buds? And so there have been times where, you know, people have baked stuff. Maybe they've burnt it a bit and I will try, I'll taste it. If it's really bad, then I'll... And I, f I feel bad for throwing things out. Like, I try not to throw food out and waste food. Um, because I think, as, as Christians, we should be stewards um, in, you know, whatever God gives us resource-wise. Um, but I will try and improve it. Maybe I'll fill those burnt cookies with ice cream. <laughs> Make it into an ice cream sandwich. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of... Like, I will always appreciate the efforts that people put, right? Unless it's inedible. Like, yeah. here, Godmar Anzi, have a mud, mud cake sandwich from this mud pile. You still appreciate it, though. Yeah, I'd appreciate it, but it doesn't mean I'll eat it, though. No, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Even if they insist. I'm more interested in, in like, yeah, what it means to you, not, not the output of... Like, so what was your ori original question, sorry? Yeah, does it, does it mean very much to you if someone does something? Yeah, well, I think so. Um, yes, to a degree, but it depends what and when and how I feel. <laughs> There's too many factors, okay. mate. Um, but on the other hand, I'm the type of person to be doing things for people. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you go out of your way to 
to so, do something. So during nice lockdown, before. it's been really insightful to see how people have been doing things for one another. Like I feel like those that are doers have gone way overboard with the doing. Like the people that I normally know who show their love through service to one another, they've gone above and beyond, which is like amazing. And those that don't really do much service generally, they, you know, it's expected. Like I don't expect them to show up on my door with like this massive bowl of soup. Do you know what I mean? So uh, actually during lockdown, I've had multiple meals <laughs> from people. I've had multiple uh, deliveries of groceries. Thank you, Mandy. And then, um, and then I've had multiple, you know, just visits just to see if I'm okay. Because, you know, being by yourself, it gets really hard and troublesome. But um, you can really see how much love people have, especially during lockdown when times are hard, people shine. Oh, interesting. Why? Why is that interesting? Oh, just the way that you said you can see how much love people have. Like, is that, is that a way that you, is that the way that you gauge? Uh, like, oh, this person hasn't done any of that. No, because we all express love differently though, right? right. Um, so I can see that for certain individuals, um, they care through food. Because so food is part of the... Um, under the it falls under the umbrella of acts of service just providing for their every basic need and making sure that they're attended to and things like that so i think it's it's really nice having that love extended to you because it just means like i don't have to i don't have to worry about you know what i'm going to eat this meal like i just need to reheat up my food and that that helps tremendously especially during a busy day yeah what is that is that not how you gauge how people love you no i'm just just (laughs) interested in how you do it um because i think for me i um i was thinking about it this week i am not very appreciative of stuff that people do for me really how come i don't know is an expectation i think it is yeah i was thinking about like growing up and i think my parents did show love through doing stuff right but it was just an expectation you know so it it wasn't anything out of the ordinary really yeah i think so i think that's why and so i think i think now there's a there's a level of like well you know like we're friends so of course like you'll come and help me change a spare tire or you know um it, really yeah yeah i think so um and similarly if somebody asks for my help I, i'm not thinking oh this is a labor of love i'm just like yeah well, it's fine yeah i think if if you brought food around to us oh that's nice thanks thanks for thinking of us oh is that all you have uh yeah yeah i think i think it is you know if someone if someone um if someone says oh hey i i like i did this thing for you i'm just like oh yeah thanks just casually that it's like i think we talked about this before um in like if you go out for a a, like a a meal with lots of chinese people it's like who pays the bill if somebody offers to pay the bill i'm like cool thanks that's that's a nice gesture it's not it's not about like having a fight to to be who who can do it i'm just like oh someone someone did that you just accept it yeah 
Well, yeah, yeah, I agree. So it's not to say that when people give me food, I'm not going to accept it. Oh, no, no, no. And show it like, oh, I don't want it. it How much that actually means to you? It means a lot. For me, it means less than other ways of showing showing how much you care. Really? Because there was one time during lockdown, I think it was when I hit, when it got really bad for me, I think week three or four, and I was really upset about something. And I'd just been like moping and crying um, just by myself. Um, and then I woke up to see a text message from um, someone who I call my brummy mummy, who cares for me here in Birmingham because I don't have family. And she had dropped off a big bowl of fur soup chicken fur soup and it was it was warm like obviously it had been sat at my doorstep and I just bawled because you know this was this was God had sent someone to provide food for me and to me that was like an answer to prayer that you know God cares for you and so to me it is whenever you know there's acts of providence you 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 need to be encouraged right? That it's a reminder that God always provides and, and looks after you for your every single need. Do you get me? Yeah. And I think there have been times where God has also used me to bring food or, yeah, be that encouragement for someone when they need it the most. Interesting. Why? I just realized food is a gift and encouragement are words. No, you can be encouraged by the gift of words. Oh, sorry, you can. You can be. <laughs> no, those are acts of service. No, no, sorry. You can be encouraged by someone's acts of service. I know. Yeah. I, right. I just... You can. You can be like. You can be like, oh, I just woke up and uh, and my house is clean. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like a massive treat. Like the fact that you're letting your wife sleep in so that you can take care of the kids and, and cook her a breakfast. Like she would love that. Yeah. I think it's about being thoughtful, I guess. You know? Like just doing something for someone is not automatically a way that you're showing love unless you actually know that it means something to them. Right, because, you know... Maybe you know that she doesn't like taking out the bins during rubbish day and then you take them out for her. Yeah, yeah. That will mean a lot to her, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that the way that I'm thinking about it, yeah. Like you asking me a tech problem isn't really a big deal because it's, it's just an easy thing for me to answer most of the time. Right? Like, like if you're like, oh, can you help me with this thing? Like, that's fine. It's not like, it's not a labor of love because I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you know? So acts of service, it could be housework. It could be, you know, the chores, doing things around the house, getting things done, fixed, um, even down to car rides. So (laughs) from a young age, actually, um, my dad had us, he trained us to say thank you after getting out of his car. And it wasn't only until recently when I got out of um, my friend's car. We went, to, I think we'd just done a trip to B&Q and we got back home. And I, and I said, thank you. And I just, I just had a recollection of like, actually, I've been trained young to say thank you after getting out from someone's car. That's really funny. Because to me, that is, 
it is someone driving you from one destination to the other. It's a taxi service. It's funny, though, if you're going to the same place as the person that you're in the car with and you're leaving from yeah, the but, same place. Yeah, but you're asking them to take you. Yeah, yeah that's, I think that's why it's funny, because it's like, it makes no difference to me if, if there's someone sitting next to me, if, it, if I don't have to go out of my way, you know. Yeah, but even, even when I used to come home, you know, from church with you, Ben, because we live not too far and we work at the same place, I'd still say thank you. Oh, yeah. It's just ingrained in me to and say I thank you. Different. I think it's funny if you're going from from your friend's house to be in queue and then back again. Yeah, still say thank you. Yeah, I don't know. That's... Why is that weird? Or, or if you're going like... That's still... If that's you're going still... with your dad, like you're both going to the same place and then you get out of the car together. Yeah, I'd still say thank you. No, I understand. I understand the gratitude. I just think it's... It's, it's just uh... a gratitude thing. Is it wrong to say thanks? No, no, no we should be thankful. Yeah, be thankful, which yeah. you talked about last week yeah i think that's that's cool i think we could be more appreciative you know maybe yeah we can definitely be more appreciative maybe we're not because we're millennials no i'm definitely more appreciative when it comes to acts of service okay maybe i'm not because i'm a <laughs> yes millennial, yes right? no like, no no not all millennials are that entitled but a lot of us are. What entitled? Um, it's a it's a pretty common common trope that millennials is are it entitled? Yeah, because we grew up being told that we're special little, um, like everyone gets a trophy for a sports day and stuff. You Did know? you used to get trophies for your sports day? Um, no, but you know, like it's. Do you all, feel like you were spoon fed? Participation thing, you know. Yeah, our society just did that for us. Spoon fed. Yeah, growing up in the nineties. Um, so I wonder if that's why. I don't why. think so. I had tough love. <laughs> yeah, but you still grew up in in the rest of society. Anyway, going back to what I think about myself. Um, because the world revolves around you. No, because that's where the sentence started. Uh, I think I, perhaps being a millennial and millennials having that sense of entitlement perhaps take too much for granted and don't really consider how much work goes into the things that other people do for me. You take for granted how much work goes into things that you take for granted. No, I, yeah, yeah. I don't really consider how much work goes into it, I think, a lot of the time. Because I see acts of service as linked to yeah, I'm spending so much time and effort. Yeah, and maybe money to get this thing done for you. Yeah, but then it's like, what's the important part? Is it the, the task itself or the fact that a task takes work? It's the whole package. That's interesting though. And then it's, and then it's delivering it as well. The whole process takes time effort money yeah but what's important to the resources you're doing it for? is it is it the fact that oh i can eat some food no we're not talking about food oh my house <laughs> is clean now yeah or is it oh you put a load of effort into coming around and cleaning my house while i was out or something like is it is it what you did or is it the output of of the it's thing both it's the whole thing so like if if someone says so like my car was broken, right? If I was fixing it for somebody else, is it 
me taking like six hours to take all the bits apart, is it important that they know that? Or is it just important that, oh, my car works, I can drive around again? Both. I, that's such a top hat, I feel like. Why? What should your, what, what's your answer then? Well, I guess you don't really care I think for because I only, I only really see that the output. So I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, cool, that's great. You, um, <laughs> you, you wrote me a reference for a job or what, I don't know what it is. Um, just, yeah, things that you do. Or, oh, thanks, Mandy, you, um, you wash, wash my clothes, right? We share the laundry, but um, like, oh, that's helpful. Now I've got some clean clothes. Or is it me thinking, oh, you know, to do that, she had to make sure that she was up at this time mm. and, like, the kids were doing X, Y, Z um, at the same time. That's really thoughtful, you know? So I have no problem with doing things for people. My only biggest problem is the lack of acknowledgement. Yeah, oh, you talked about this last week. <laughs> The lack of just, yeah, just to even acknowledge that it's done. And so when, when people take me for granted, yeah, so yeah, I usually get upset. Like the lack of appreciation, even just to thank you, it does, it does hurt. Um, but however, so when you just asked me, Ben, do, do I accept it when people do these services for me. I do to a degree, depends on what they're good at. Because if they're going to offer to do the dishes for me and they do a bad job and I have to then go and redo those dishes or fix the task that they were doing, is that going to take more time? Of course it will take more time. For me? So why don't I just like stop them right there? You don't need to do it. <laughs> so that's... Interesting. So you don't care that somebody is doing the dishes. What you it care varies is what task it is. It, it varies what task it is. Because what if, what if the dishes that you've done, like say if a child wanted to do your dishes and it causes more stress and more damage to the dishes and to your kitchen, it would be better off saying no. <laughs> well, it would be better off objectively, like then you'll have cleaner dishes faster and there won't be any chips in them. Yeah. That's one reason why I'm really selective with whom I trust to get the task done. Is that bad? Yes, it is bad because I'm not giving someone a chance, right? Yeah, then I'm. I feel like that makes you a bit more like control freak. Yeah, like me. No, like like you're you have an expectation of stuff to be done rather than like oh, it's really nice that 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 person that child offered to to help um, clean the dishes. You know, like. It's a bad trait of mine. What it means to you is, I want my dishes clean. Not, oh, that's really nice. That person, that child cares enough that... Oh, are you saying that I'm more concerned about the outcome? Yeah, which is where I think I'm at as well. Uh, So it varies. So obviously in ministry, you want to train people to do things. But at the same time, I'm fully aware that not everyone has the ability to get things done. I'll give them a chance. I think we should all be building up the church. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, but the problem is, is that unless you give them a chance, no one else will learn the task. Yeah, that's not, I think that's a different thing though, isn't it? Training to, them to get something. But they're not doing that out of love 
for you. They're just, yeah, you know, that's a different. They're doing it as an act of service to God, I know. Yeah. But then sometimes I see that it will be more effort to train them and more taxing Ooh. for me. So you're going to cancel that person's worship full action because in your mind, it's more important for Jesus that... No, you're putting words into my mouth no, now. Just that, this is, that's what I feel like. You're you know, putting words into my mouth. Like Don't, do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop know, it. The decorations in church are really, really good because that's, that's what he cares about. That's, that's what it sounds like you're saying. It's a bad thing. And I know that because we do need to train people to get, yeah, just so, so that they can learn through the experience. Because I've had to learn through the experience of being trained. Someone trusting me to get something done, see that I've done a bad job, but there's always room for improvement. However, yeah, it's, it's possibly one of the bad traits of someone who is a control freak, OCD. <laughs> but like I said, at the start of this podcast, there are certain people that I trust to know how to get things done well. Yeah. So is is it's I'm I'm being open now. Like so, this yeah, is something so that I struggle with. I do care about the result, but I also care about the person doing it. Not if they're bad at it. If they're bad at it, I'll still give them a chance because at the end of the day, they want to feel good, like they're doing something right. Unless it's the washing it and then you don't Yeah, washing up, washing up is a different thing though. So like, um, I had this conversation once with a, a friend, Alex and Francis, at the end of Fat Camp last year, our summer teen conference thing. And uh, we were packing up at the end and I was like, why is it that at the starter camp, everybody wants to help? and like get things done but nobody is here to help us pack up and Alex said to me it's because everyone wants to um be part of you know setting it up and and so that it's ready for playing but after playing nobody wants to pack up yeah yeah like but to me packing up is just as important as setting up yeah well it needs to be done doesn't it everything needs to be done otherwise there's going to be a massive delay in leaving and like like do you know what I mean? Yeah, you want to continue on playing and you want to prolong the time you're at a conference, but the task still needs to be done. And to me, once the task is all done, then we can all continue to play without those toys there. But like you can still mingle after the task is done. Yeah, but you explain that to a child like they're going to they're going to get their toys out all over the place <laughs> so they can play with them. <laughs> And they'll spend ages doing that. Like, that's what I'm doing every day. Like, let's build another den. I'm like, oh, let's build an assault course across the whole house. And then afterwards, it's like, okay, can you help me clean that up? No, I'm not going to clean that up. It's so infuriating. Why? Well, you know why? Because this is, it was the same for us, right? Like, oh, I'm going to spend ages, like, getting everything perfect so that I can do this activity. And then the activity finishes and you're like, oh, come on, I've got to put all that stuff away. Like, I don't want to do that. It's important to be responsible. I think that's what it is. Yeah, but... Responsible for your, the actions. Like, the fact that I'm bringing all my paints out. I need to know that, yeah, this will come to an end. Who else is going to tidy up for me? Yeah. Yeah, so I think when people offer, volunteer to help with, with that kind of stuff, there's often a, 
um, not ulterior motive, but like, like you do it because you enjoy it, not because it's um, an act of service. Mm. And I think we do that in church a lot. What? Not just me and you, I think just the Christians. Like we serve in the areas, n- not always where we feel um, a specific calling from God, but actually just because it is something that we like to do as well, you know. Um, and that's not always a bad thing, but um, it's, I guess it's useful to, to be aware of the facts. Like, am I on the worship team purely as an act of service or am I on the worship team? Just to look good. For that. To feel good. And yeah, and because I really like to play music with people. And like, if that music is Christian, then all the better. But, you know, like I like playing music that's that's also like not worship music so what you're saying is is that you can really sift out what like if this person is a real deal service to god thing based on if they can carry through the task to the end is that what you're saying because halfway through they will lose interest i guess that's a conclusion that you could draw i wasn't saying let's judge each other i was talking about like we should think about our own yeah yes um i think that's that's the case though yeah Mm, yeah i guess so because okay so i can really see who the marthas are you right away but do you mean that in a negative way though no because jesus was kind of like hey stop doing that come and sit down but it's obvious that we do need to be doing stuff but have a think about that ben did what when jesus came wasn't he all about the service yeah. In three years of his ministry, he was always doing something, was he not? His whole life is an act of service. His dying for us is an act of service. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't discredit Martha. You can't discredit the fact that, you know, even for God to want the tabernacle to be built, he had to get, he had to instruct people with clear dimensions and like, you know, do this X, Y, Z, this measurement, you know, this artisan, uh, a skilled worker to build this thing, this style. Like this is basically God instructing humans to build something for him. But the more important thing for, for Jesus and and Mary and Martha is Uh that, that they're, Sitting and being with him and listening to him. Because because Nothing's going to get done then. Because I guess he's like, I don't care. Like, you cooking me a meal is not that important, really. Like, because actually, I guess because I'm trying to serve you. So, like, stop trying to get in my way, (laughs) Martha. And, like, (laughs) like, I'm trying to be here with you and, like, know you as a person. And I guess eventually I'm here to die for you. And she's just like, well, well, let me make sure I give you some food. And he's like, well... That's that gets that's not that important, right? I think she was just purely stressed. That's why. And you think it's just because she was stressed? I think she was stressed. It was a heart thing. She was distracted with many things. That's the main gist yeah, of the she, whole yeah, she thing. Was focused on the output, you know. Like if we if we ask somebody to sing a song in church and they're not the best singer, like are we just gonna be like, nope? That's we're gonna. We're going to mute your microphone, right? Because, oh, no, this isn't good enough. What's Jesus going to think? Or is it more, more about, like, like, where your heart is? Anyway, this sidetrack happened because you called people Martha's, and I was saying, is that a negative thing? Mm. And I think you just confirmed that calling someone a Martha is a negative thing because it's, 
they've got the wrong heart attitude. Sorry, I mean, mean like someone who is doing things all yeah. the time. But what's the alternative to doing stuff all the time? What do you mean the alternative? Because you said you can see the people who are doing stuff all the time. What's, I, I, what are the other people I value doing? them. No, I'm just asking you what the other people are doing. But it's not the other people. So I see that there's a need for both parties. What, what are the other people doing when, when the other people are doing? <laughs> they're just standing, they're, doing, they're chatting. What? Okay. Yeah, so I, I see that there's a need for people that stand and chat to welcome the new people in, whether as the doers will be, you know, making things happen, making sure that things are set up, um, the church is in an orderly state, you know, there's refreshments and things like that out, someone's got to wash the cups. Gosh, I miss being in the church building talking about this, just visualizing it. But I, I see that there's a need for both. Um and I, I think that it is really important to not elevate one over the other. I think you have a bit of a like false um, dichotomy there. Why? Because um, I think it's really the people that are being active versus the people that are being passive or the, the people that are there to serve versus the people that are there to consume. And serving doesn't just mean making the tea or mixing the sound yeah, 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 yeah. or preaching. Serving can be you're on the welcome team and you, or even if you're not on the welcome team, you are deliberately here in, in a community of God's people and you are deliberately trying to, um, to build people up in your conversations. You're being intentional. Yes, I know that you're doing right. So I think it's, it's not like, Oh, look, those people are being really helpful because they're washing up the mugs. That person's just standing around like talking and praying with people. Like I, I think they're all doing the same thing like they're all they're all putting in what they can i agree i agree church a welcoming place and then there's other people which is like they might not be christians um or maybe they've you know like just taken their their foot off the gas who are there just to kind of just to just to take just to consume Mm. um and i think that's that's the more important distinction right because i think if we're if we're taking seriously our our role as as ambassadors for Christ, as being people who are here to establish the kingdom, then we should be serving and we should be doing stuff. And we can we can look at like our actions as acts of worship. And they don't just have to be like, did you go into church and and like clean up like do all the cleaning in in the building like it doesn't have to all be like that but those things are great um it can also be oh you know what i really didn't feel like talking to this person today but i did you know or um or like yeah i'm not i'm not sure that uh that this person is the best to do this job but you know let's let's do it anyway because it's more about your heart than than that the output of your actions yeah it is all about the heart which is our recurring theme which you always comment about because to me there's a lot so i see who's active in doing and those those people sometimes i like to ask them you know are you just doing this because you are avoiding people yeah Like they want to be busy so that they don't, because they're not, maybe they're an introvert, not part of their personality to be engaging with 
you know, the masses, the the vortex, which is outside in the main church hall of people get sucked in. Do you know what I mean? So there's there's people that will be happy to serve behind the scenes. And that's okay for them. That's not necessarily not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, but I also see I also see your point. Yeah, I agree with your point that we all have a different part to play in the church. This is why the church is so beautiful. How can we be better at serving the church when our church is not gathering together right now? Well, you just look at what tools we've been using so far. What have we been using? Technology. Extend your service through technology. I think I would go as far as to be like, oh, that person's been doing a lot of the work. Let me message them and see how I can help. Let me see how they're doing. Let me see if, you know, I can offer um, some ideas and things like that. So it's not just a case of one person doing the whole job, but offering extra support and extra things elsewhere. I think the important thing is to keep dialoguing and just to see, you know, how we can best help. Um, Because obviously, so if we know that, you know, a member in our leadership is busy with recording things, um, maybe that person doesn't have time to do phone calls to other people to offer the care and see how, you know, this person who is struggling is doing. Maybe, um, you know, it's just a matter of sending a text to check on someone because it's not just the physical act of doing something, but it can also be the other ways like sending encouragement, um, supporting them financially, um, cooking someone a meal. Like the amount of meals I've had is just incredible, which I've been really blessed with having a lot of uh, food friends. (laughs) But I think the important thing is just to talk about the best way to serve someone. So if you are the type of person who struggles with having that intuition to know how to help offer access service, it's just to ask, right? Like you, Ben, you can just be like, Mandy, how can I help? I want you to sit. How can I help? And, you know, do what tasks do you want to be done? And I'm sure she'll be happy to give you a set of tasks. Okay, here's another question. Do you think your kids have been more demanding of you to get stuff done for them during lockdown? Have they been more needy? Mm. Okay, maybe not kids, family members. (laughs) No, I don't think my family members, my kids or my wife are particularly bothered about having particular things done, no. I don't think so. Oh, so lockdown hasn't changed the way that you guys are doing things? It changes the way that we do things, but maybe not. I don't think it changes the way that we do things for each other. I feel like, because lockdown for me, it has meant an increase of dishes to be washed, more toilet rolls being used, places are getting dirtier faster. Do we still do as much laundry? We do laundry like every day. Mm. Well, you're a family. I, uh, my laundry, yeah, similar. I like to, um, I like to, no, this was pre-lockdown. 
I would take photos of, of the empty laundry basket and send it to, to my wife and say, inbox zero. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. My inbox is not zero. There's always socks. But um, no, I just I just wonder how people have been different in their service to one another during lockdown. Yeah, I think I think when you're not, everything's just it has to be very intentional, doesn't it? Right because now, you, yeah, because otherwise you don't hear from people, right? People have to go out of their way to to get in touch. You don't just be you're not just like oh yeah, I saw you at this place, you know. You have to you have to pick up your phone and go to their contact and send them a message or call them. So I think. I guess it's like out of sight, out of mind a bit. Yeah, it is. It really is. And so for you to do something for someone, you have to have made contact with them first, I think. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So I think, I think serving people in that way is, is difficult. Very difficult. It's interesting, isn't it? We as a church, out of, out of sight, out of mind, sad. I think... I think thinking about how we can serve the church when, when the church is not together is, um, is an exciting question, actually. I've had, I've had a few conversations with people just about, like, how, like, what does church actually look like? And, yeah, like, yeah, we know it's a, a group of people. But, um, like, how can, we, how can we use this opportunity to redefine what it means to to be a body of believers or how how can we how can we challenge some of our some of our ideas um some of our traditions and and maybe come up with new ways of um of reach telling people about the gospel of of um of loving people and i think it's it's one that is um like an ongoing thing and we don't have all the answers um but i think it's an exciting question if we engage with it um and actually i'd love to to hear more of that if people have cool ideas for for either what they've been doing or or what they might want to do to to continue church when we are let's be honest we're we're pretty far away from coming back to what church normally looks like you know even even if we open our doors next week which we're not um, it still wouldn't be church as we're used to, a church service as we're used to it. So we do have to be creative and we have to be open to serving in new ways. I mean, we were saying the other day, like we've we've learned video editing skills. Like that's yeah. that wasn't the job description for a pastor, but um, but we have them now, like that skill. Um, and so I think I think all of us have an, have the opportunity to to do something exciting and different um, to serve in different ways, ways other than like be on the welcome team or be on the worship yeah. team or like preach a sermon. Like there's, there's other things we can do. Yeah. Uh, we just have to discover what they are. Yeah. New skills. But it is, it's, it sounds really negative. If anything, I see that as an exciting thing. Yeah, I think it is yeah, exciting. Yeah, to, to be like, actually, God is expanding our church in a different type of way, as opposed to what we have always traditionally known it as, which is, oh, I'm just going to serve through, you know, being on the worship team or the welcome team or 
you know, serve through being on the um, collection, um, being a steward or even on the treasury team. But actually now being online, it's a different type of service, isn't it? Like, so last week I had to do um, a training session to to lead um, some of the leaders across, like small group leaders that have never led teens before, how to lead a virtual small group. And to me, this is all part of my job, even before going online. Like I would know how to operate and and host a meeting on Zoom um, from before because, you know, I've had multiple meetings that way. But now I'm having to do it multiple times a week during Bible study for the teenagers. And now I'm suddenly, they're calling me the expert and telling me to train leaders in how to do it. And I was just like, oh, okay, let me, let me just strip it back and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. How do I utilize this? So I feel like this lockdown has shown us more creative ways in which to serve one another and serve God which I think is very unique and special. Like the fact that, you know, maybe we should be meeting one another in picnics in a park or something, um, praying together and doing church differently. I think it's, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it is exciting. And, you know, it's, it's not everyone's an entrepreneur. Not everyone's like an early adopter of, of ideas. Yeah, true. Um, so it's really important that we spend some time asking God, like, how do you want me to serve you in this season? Like, how do you want me to, to love people and to, to go and tell the nations when actually I can't go to any nation because I can't get to the airport, you know, um, or cause I'll have to have a two, two week quarantine when I arrive or whatever. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I think, I think it's important to, to, to spend time asking God, where he wants you to serve. What homework are you going to do, Ben? What homework am I going to do? Yeah, this week. I don't know if I'm going to do any homework. You're not going to do any homework based on acts of service. What homework are you going to do this week, Auntie? I'm probably going to extend more service and maybe cook or bake for people. Because actually I find joy in doing that and then delivering it to them. Because it gives me an opportunity to knock on their door and be like, hey, I just baked you a carrot cake. Please enjoy. So this week I'm going to up my game. Okay. What are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray about it like I just said. Ah, that's not good. This is no fun. You're not telling the audience. We can't keep you accountable. Do you know what it is? It's because it's hard for me to think of things to do like normally for people you don't have the that's why intuition to know how to serve yeah like i said at the start yeah this isn't your doesn't mean your love language to me yeah so okay so it's it's a very intentional thing to to mean something to somebody else for me to be aware of it fine fine so i i like giving this love language I do, I, I love giving acts of service. Receiving it, not so much. <laughs> it varies. Yeah, you made that clear. I it, be, it varies. I won't be doing your washing up or... No, you food. don't need to do my washing up. You can give me food. <laughs> There's no washing up. What's wrong with washing up? My pots are perfectly clean. No, it's, it's, the, it's the fact that you can get water droplets everywhere. 
yeah there's certain there's certain areas in my sink really where i'm very careful with water. i don't think i've ever washed up in your house before not a lot I'm of people have not a lot of people have so how do you know that i'm going to be bad at oh oh you're just saying you don't want anyone doing your washing up uh, only the pros. I only you a few people have washed up I think I thought you were saying no. It's not you. It's not you. It's I felt personally attacked. No, I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying generally because to me, I know that this this plug doesn't work in this way. You know, you're gonna get water on the back back of the sink. You know where the back of the sink it tends to get all moldy. I'm very careful about that bit. I'm very careful about you know, you know this type of thing. And yeah, so yeah, maybe it's just me with my sink. All right. Thanks for joining us on this episode. We hope you enjoyed today's session. And um, if you have any feedback, please do send it our way. We'd love to hear from you. Please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Till next week. Bye.